BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, possums. I had a very rough day and was running very late today. So the intro is a little bit shorter on this one. But in case you guys didn't know, Jalen Hurts is very good at football. We at Offensive Points are pro Jalen Hurts on this one. So, guys, we got some uh, reactions from last week. We got some news to go over. Uh, Billy's got a clip for us. Josh has a riveting story about the manager at Buffalo Wild Wings he, that we frequent. So, um, really good pod for you guys today. So go ahead, follow us on all the socials. You know where to find us. Follow Josh at Josh Hall, STL, and Billy at Ombre Vendor. Follow myself at OP Joe with two E's. And follow us all at Offensive Points. Josh, Billy, what is up? Um, I was at a bar, a sports bar. I, I didn't say it was Buffalo Wild Wings, so I just want the record to state that. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's nice to, it's nice to be here. Uh, nice to have Billy, even though he's taken off next week for some reason. I don't know where he got the PTO for it, but, you know, it's fine. Do you think they have an algorithm where they can track what podcasts say uh, B-dubs? Well, <laughs> sponsor us because I have, might have good things to say this time. I have All right, yeah. good things in general to say about them. Let's get part two of your unnamed bar story. Oh, you want to just jump right in? Sorry. Yeah, yeah let's, get to, uh, let's just get to it. All right. So I, so I show up for week three. Uh, I've already pissed off the manager twice this time. Uh, game start, you know, it's always on like the first game It's everything is just the pregame show on different TVs. Well, the game start popping on and guess what TV had the Eagles game on it. The furthest one from the bar. It was a nice little angle. I had to look over to the left. So I was just like, Oh, he wants to play. Did I ever ask for it to be moved? No, I did not. Because you know what? He listed all the games on all the TVs in a general fashion, which was good. I'm, I'm happy about it. So I, I thought we were at odds this whole time, right? Well, fortunately, fortunately, he's actually a nice guy. I actually learned that. Uh, we talked a little wow. bit and had – I know. Well, I, I think he's been a little petty with the Eagles <clears throat> thing. We'll, we'll get over that. He uh, played the trump card on you, and, and now you guys are he, friends. He got me good. I, I actually – I've said it vocally many times with him around. Like, ah, he knows. He knows. Anyway, uh, so it was great to uh, chat with the guy. He's a Steelers fan too, which makes sense why he doesn't want to see the Eagles – uh do good but also he did they were having at one point he came up to us and he's like hey you guys are here every sunday and we're like yeah we are and put the eagles game in the front center but it's fine whatever and i joked about that i said yeah but next time put the eagles on the big screen (laughs) 
Uh, but he did say <laughs> that they're in a friendly contest right now with another uh, com- competing sports bar that is of the same franchise name for uh, likes or not likes, but Google reviews and like on the Buffalo Wild Wings dashboard thing. And if they win that contest, the first round is on him next next Sunday. So I did Brought to go you ahead. Ice and crazy wings. Thighs. So I, it might have been that one. Uh, it might have been hot shots. You don't know. There <laughs> might be another one where we live. Ice and crazy wings. I, Joe, we need to start that right now. <laughs> All right, <laughs> guys, let's brand. wrap this up and go start a restaurant. Real exactly. Quick. It's kind of like the Dollar Tree and Dollar General. Like you know, there's all those. Di- we'll do bison crazy wings. I, I think that that'll really take off. All right, but really, just the story. We kissed to make that, and uh, he might be buying me a beer on Sunday. So, and you too, oh, if yeah. you guys I, decide to show up. I like. Well, I'll be in Florida, but I like that. Um, what's left of it? Um, we'll see. And <clears throat> I think that 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 was a what's bad left shot. of it. That That's was a bad, bad. It's a bad shot. Oh, uh, which side really, are you going to? Not the golf side, right? No, uh, no, going to. No, we're we're going to where they'll be affected by it. I'm, oh, I'm, god, that's good. Nope, but that'll be fun. Um, no, but for real, we are hoping and praying for everyone in the Tampa, well, the lower Tampa, because they didn't actually hit Tampa, went lower than Tampa. I think it's like Coral Gables or something. I don't know. Somewhere down there in Florida. We hope that everything's going okay down there. I've seen the pictures, videos. It is a hot mess down there. Somehow the backup site for the Tampa Bay game is actually going to be Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is in my opinion, way the hell out of the way from the hurricane. But at the well, same at least, time, at travel least around there. the same climate as Tampa Bay. That makes sense. Yeah. Still a home game for Tampa. They're, the... uh, I think they nailed it. They, they got <laughs> the exact same place. Uh, yeah. When New Orleans had made more sense since the Saints are playing in London, they could have just hop, skipping a jump right there. Miami's playing in Cincinnati on Thursday. Hurricane, yep. the University of Miami is off. There's a stadium right there that's just they're practicing in it this no. week. Like, wait, the hurricanes are off. I thought the hurricane was there. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now I thought hurricane season was over. I all thought right. hurricane season was over. That is the quota for hurricane jokes on the podcast. But yes, yes, I've got, I've got one in the game preview. So, well, <laughs> yeah, that's the second podcast. So that's a whole other quota thing, right there. <laughs> all right, we'll we will get back to that in a second. But let's get to the uh, smidge of news. And it is the running back apocalypse uh, this week. So did not practice on Wednesday, which, by the way, and I put this on Twitter, Wednesday practice reports should just be banned from fantasy football. There, there should, or, well, from all football. There just should not be a practice report for Wednesday. That's when everybody takes a break. All the old people don't practice. Like, any hurt doesn't really, you know. Season players. They don't really go, you know, the full extent. It's really the Thursday, Friday even a little bit on Saturday, like for the Monday night game, like those are the ones you actually need to be paying attention to. However, these are the players that did not participate yesterday or were limited in the practice on Wednesday. That is Jonathan Taylor did not practice. Christian McCaffrey did not practice. Dalvin Cook did not practice. DeAndre Swift did not practice. David Montgomery did not practice. Limited. J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, and Melvin Gordon. Guys, what in the hell are we going to do for running backs this week? <laughs> I mean, honestly, let's let the backups play. The starters aren't doing anything at this Yeah, we point, haven't gotten so. anything out of that position all year, so I'm not really worried about it. Uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, the running back position has been very strange all year. It's going to change. Like, there is going to be some big plays, like Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook, and these guys 
well, I don't know about his shoulder, but once these guys are all healthy, they're going to be fine. Like it's not, we're not going to see this. This is just one of those weird stat situations that just happens and everyone's going to freak out and start flipping running backs for wide receivers. It's not that time. Don't do that. Keep your guys. You drafted them for a reason. It's your first round pick. Like it's still, they're still in preseason mode. These guys are hurt right now, but as long as they start getting healthy by the time the weather turns to crap, then that's when we're going to see the big running back games. Like we always do when the weather gets cold and when it's rainy, when we actually get into football weather, we should be seeing a lot more out of these guys. So don't panic. I know it's tough, um, especially with these injuries and stuff. You know, we have to wait for that Sunday inactive report to really make a decision here, which is a sad thing, but it sounds like most of these guys are playing. Jonathan Taylor popping up with that toe is – I didn't read. I was at work today. Was that turf toe Yes, that he's dealing with? Yes. That's not good. I'd say the ones that concern me the most are – uh Jonathan Taylor's turf toe because I think that's actually going to be a thing um DeAndre Swift because Dan Campbell said he might take a couple weeks off anyway like he just said just to get healthy again DeAndre Swift might be taking a couple weeks off so that is actually you know pretty concerning to me and then David Montgomery it it just didn't look good um Mm -hmm. I mean he might pop back but I just didn't – I don't know. I don't like the vibes that David Montgomery showed. And then Khalil Herbert was went off in his stead. So, I don't I, – why I would, rush him back if he doesn't need to be, you know? Exa- I agree with that. I don't think there's a, a weight – a need to rush him back. But I think the one good thing is they are saying it's an ankle and not a knee injury. So, ankle obviously still could be bad depending on how the severity of it. I feel like we've gotten no news on this, though. It, like, Dalvin Cook, they're like, oh – it's just a shoulder thing. He's going to put a brace on. He'll be fine. And it's kind of like, okay, he's not day to day. Stop saying day to day. He's probably out this week. David Montgomery, same thing day to day. Like he's not playing this week. Stop saying that. Just yeah. like, I, I don't know if, what they're trying to trick Montgomery, especially I honestly, two of these running backs or both these running backs have a very valid backup running back. Herbert is very, very much just as good as Montgomery. Madison is not just as good as cook, but he does just as fine in those situations. So like, I don't know who they're trying to trick, but I'm not tricked. Madison is starting this week and Herbert is starting this week. Yeah. Can't, Pick can't those guys up you. everywhere. Yes, for sure. If you're a possum, um, you already should have. But I, yes, I actually did get will. Madison in the league. I was pretty happy, but I will say I was proud of my league mates. They do have all, all Herbert shares were gone. Jamal Williams shares were gone. There was one Madison and that guy was just silly. <laughs> and I got him. So a bunch of silly guys. Just a yeah. bunch of sillies. So anyway, basically, we're still saying Thursday, Friday, those are the practice reports that actually will matter. Thursday, if it's not at least limited, you you should just consider that person out. Friday is when we'll probably get the sway back or forth, whether they're actually going to play. But, you know, something to monitor because running back has been a hellscape anyway. Even the healthy players are having trouble out there. I also like, you know, not even mentioned on this, but like Joe Mixon, for example, tomorrow night. We don't actually know that Joe Mixon's for sure playing or not, I don't think. Um, it'll be one of those game-time situations. But th- see, this is just this the whole thing this year, in my opinion. Just bad news. Um, also, before we move on to game previews, or not game previews, dang, re- game recaps, um, Sterling Shepard has to have the worst luck of all time when it comes to injuries. That honestly was the most freak injury i've ever seen he did not switch directions like to tear an acl on a jog is a jog so in a straight line hard to do in my yes. like in my 
purview. I've never seen somebody do that on like a non-cut or a weird like angle. It was so strange. Bad luck for that guy. Dude, and like they finally like have a bunch of talent around and Sterling Shepard was being utilized the most out of the entire thing. He was like getting his ass kicked that whole game by every catch. He, he was getting rocked and then he tears his ACL on a route where there's no one even near him. Yeah, and yeah. you know the entire league is aware of his injury history because as soon as that happened, everyone came out to give him a high five and talk <laughs> to him and shake hands with him because, I mean, that's horrible. That's he's horrible. A, I give him a, a lot of crap, but that's horrible. He's a baller. He just has, like, the worst injury luck. It's, it's just That is what you call injury prone. I hate when people call people injury prone, like, ah, he's injury prone. That is it. That is, like, the definition of it. Sterling yeah, Chandler. I mean, he finally got back from all those, like, neck injuries, concussion problems that he was having, and now it's, like, to, to go out on it. This is the most freak ACL injury. Like, sometimes there is, like, you know, ACL injuries that you're like, oh, well, I can't even believe it. doesn't even look like he did anything. This one, very bizarre c- scenario that uh, that he had to endure. But, you know, that's, that's football sometimes. So, hopefully Sterling Shepard can have one last go. I, the Giants themselves. I just want to see what he can do in a full season, man. No. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Um, before uh, one more thing. Actually, the Giants mentioning the Giants brought this up, and we'll get into this a little bit later. Um, does Carrot Kadarius Tony exist? I dude, I was honestly you think he's like, imaginary. I we've only seen him like you know come around a couple of times, kind of like a ghost would, yeah. and then he just vanishes and to never be seen again. Is this like a Bernstein Bears where uh, we remember him putting up like 16 for 189, but it didn't actually Mm -hmm. happen? The Mandela effect. It should be the Kadarius Tony effect. I think they switched it to that already. Yeah. Mandela never existed. He's not. Tony doesn't exist. Neither of them do. We we remember him. Honestly, I was actually like looking at Kadarius Tony and I'm like, I'm going to pick him up with the Sterling Shepard injury. And then Mm. I just literally can't do it. Like, I'm literally like, I don't know if he's ever going to play. Like, he probably will. But like. How do you how do you like in good conscience drop a player who's actually seeing the field for yeah. Kadarius Tony? I I was just like I you know now that I'm thinking about it I've never even seen Kadarius Tony like he could just be a random thing that I'm just placing his name on the back of another jersey and I just maybe he's never existed all along I don't know very strange true do they sell his jersey anymore um you know something I need to look up. Probably but on the Giants website. We'll At the same time, get back to you guys. We definitely should because it is just he he has got to be one of the weirdest players I've ever seen in the NFL as far as like what we think he should be versus what he actually is, which is a ghost yeah, on the argu- Giants. Arguably Darnell Mooney, but we'll talk about that some other time. Well, that's not Darnell Mooney's fault. This He's might at be, least out there. This yeah. might be Tony's fault. I Tony, have two leagues where Mooney's been dropped. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, I've seen Cole Komet drop too. The Bears are. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, actually, let's get to that. So the game recaps we have of our teams this week. Two of us got. Well, actually, all three of us got wins. Uh, this is weird. This is a weird feeling. I haven't had uh, this one in a while. So, Josh, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to start because I feel like mine was an actual win. Um, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not to downplay your guys' wins here. Uh, I know Billy's been a lifelong fan for a while, and the Bears can't seem I'm to. Back. Right, anyway, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to just trash on the Bears. Joe can do that. All right. Um, I just have to say it's an exciting time to be an Eagles fan. One of only two <clears throat> undefeated teams. We are number one in the power rankings. Uh, and honestly, I just kind of expect them to stay at or near the top for really the foreseeable future. Uh, the way the defense is playing right now, it was the secondary's time to shine in week two. 
And then it was the pass rushers who were up to the task against their old QB last week. Uh, must have felt really good to hit that old red shirt from practice personally. But uh, And then offensively, they're uh, you know about as good as they can get. So And for the second game in a row, didn't even really have to play in the second half. So uh, I can't wait till an actual team uh, shows up against the Eagles. And I think it might be this week, but we're not really sure yet. Because <laughs> uh, these fantasy points are already piling up. And honestly, I am just looking forward to like an actual close game and seeing what the stats stat lines can be. So. Jalen Hurts is good, guys. Jalen Hurts is Jalen good. Hurts is good. Jalen Hurts is really good. This whole team's really good. I the defense they've been playing recently is nuts, to say the least. I did not expect that. I expected the good offense. I did not expect a good defense. So, so I expected a good pass defense and not a good rush defense. Which in, in reality, we don't have a good rush defense right now. It's just they're not trying to use the running backs, which is the way to beat us right now. I don't know who I need to tell. I'm if I'm giving away secrets to the NFL right now. I'm sorry, but like <laughs> DeAndre Swift ran for 170 yards, and then nobody's gotten more than 12 carries, and that's not just because of game game <clears> script. <throat> it was because they just aren't using them. Yeah. So. Kobe Dean is like, on special teams, by the way. Which is yeah, just, Dean has not uh, played. I don't think. A, I think he's played like two snaps all season on on actual defense. And yeah, no, him and Jordan Davis are just sitting behind the veterans, and that's the point of them right now. Which I don't think is a bad move. Wild, wild. I mean, the linebackers are playing fine. T.J. Edwards, Kaiser White have both made pretty big splash plays, and then our defensive line showed it last week. So why start him? You guys look really good. <laughs> It is funny that uh, when I tweeted out that DeAndre Swift is the second coming of Jamal Charles, then all of his injury stuff happened. So (laughs) I think he actually is the second coming of Jamal Charles, (laughs) to be honest with you. So, guys, I'm bringing back the Chicago Bears trash can because that's all this team is at the moment. On there, We got a win last week against uh, Houston Texans. It was so bad that I had to turn it off completely. Um, The highlight of the game was Roquan Smith. Saving the game with an interception. He continues to be a stud. Eddie Jackson had an interception. Every game where Eddie Jackson has had an interception, the Chicago Bears have won. We are undefeated when Eddie Jackson gets an interception. So hmm. that is, uh, it's really cool to see. As far as the offense goes, there isn't any. Um, Khalil Herbert was the first offense we have ever had in the history of Chicago, it feels like, because that was wild. Back to the Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Forte days. Um, but, uh, Cleo Herbert looked really good, and uh, if Montgomery misses, I mean, we're in good hands on that one. Uh, Justin Fields continues to just miss wide-open players and be sacked or have pressure in his face constantly. So you're not getting anything out of this offense. Um, I don't expect you to unless you have Cleo Herbert. He's got a great uh, great matchup this week, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. But other than that, you know, it's Chicago football. It's good defense, good running back, nothing else. So don't feel good about the win. <clears throat> Man, there was actually a uh, tough scene. Texans fan at the uh, sports bar that I attended on Sunday uh, and the guy was rooting. And he like I, I saw I, I was like, what are you cheering for? I was like, are you a Texans fan? He's like, yeah. And I was like, sorry, man. And he laughed, too. He was, was yeah. yeah. Man, I can't. Much, even... It's not much worse than a Bears fan at this. Well, point. yeah, but the Bears <laughs> used to be good. Yeah, Texans, used to be like Texans a had half a, a century games. ago at this yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair back in the rex grossman days yeah. all right can we get on to the lifelong fandom i mean we me and joe have just County. been near fans for County. like most County. of our lives County. not the whole life well here's the thing so 
Big Panthers win this weekend. Made Jameis Winston look foolish. He should have probably not played with that back injury. But Taysom Hill also being out, there really was nobody else probably on that roster other than Andy Dalton eh, that could play the position. So big win for the Carolina. The, the uh, Panthers, the defense looks fantastic. We, we don't really even need to talk about the offense if we don't really need to. Uh, the defense looks good. Uh, intercepting Jameis Winston a couple of times. Uh, making him look foolish. Uh, yeah, JC Horn and the boys all all looked really good. Um, on offense, Baker Mayfield resurrected Lavisca Chenault for one play. Um, it was bizarre. Two plays. Well, okay, he caught two p- balls, but the one where he caught the sixty-seven yard touchdown was the one that everybody will be talking about. Um, I I still think there's something that could happen with this offense eventually. It's just not it. You know, none of these guys are going to be fantasy stars on the uh, the catching side of the ball. McCaffrey will still be a stud. Um, he needs to get in the end zone, though, if you ask me. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait for another week for that. Um, but all in all, the Panthers are a good team. And honestly, and this is just me being a hyperbolic Panthers fan, winning the division is not out of the question. Just saying. Not out of the question. All right. So let me sum this up in, like, a sentence. Uh, weird, <clears throat> weird O-face. Uh, big old D. Keep pounding. Yep. <laughs> that is Good enough. Panther. You guys are welcome. Panthers hub. Panthers hub. Panthers hub. All right. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Good dubs, guys. We made since it. Childhood. Hey, keep pounding. The, the yeah. Hashtag keep pounding. The Panthers. <laughs> we're coming for the Bucks, man. Let, let me tell you that. Should have beat the Browns. Let's, all right. Let's, all right. Hey, right, York. Right. Was no fair time. Fifty-seven yard field goal. I, it's, <laughs> It's not even that. It's just Giants shouldn't have won. I don't even should, get that much time. Panthers should be three and zero. There, I said it. All right, Baker's trash. I just want to go ahead and get that out there. I haven't <laughs> said it in a while. It needs to be said. Oh shoot! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, All right. anyway, on to the internet sensation segment of the week. I don't know why I said it like that. It's the YouTube segment of the week. We're bringing back Right, Wrong, Really. If anybody forgot what Right, Wrong, Really is, or you were not with us this past season, we do a segment on the show where we go over things that we were right about, things that we were wrong about, and things that we're confused about, which is a really. And we basically are going to go, not anything that happened last week, we're just going to go through the season so far, things that we were right about, wrong about, and we're just kind of confused about. So that being said, Josh, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, uh, it's a little early. I would be doing a victory lap on Trey Lance right now, but once again, I it's it's just I can't do it again. It's sad. I'll get there one day. Uh, but let's start off with another guy I was right about. I was right about Kyle Pitts. You know, just this kidding. Been going actually, on for like it's twenty twenty one, baby. It's <laughs> it. I'm just kidding. Uh, so honestly, though, I'm actually I I am technically right about Kyle Pitts, and and what I'm really trying to get at here is I'm right about not spending high dollar draft picks on tight ends. Uh, not named Kelsey and Andrews, obviously. Uh, so after week three, there is a 20 point gap between two and three through five. Uh, and guys like Gerald Everett and Tyler Conklin <laughs> are in the top 10 tight ends right now, 
while guys like Kyle Pitts and Dawson Knox are in the 15 to 20 range. Uh, and there's a, that huge drop off kills me the most, but I have noticed in all the leagues that I drafted tight ends later, i.e. Zach Ertz, Pat Freermuth, I have better records than those that I drafted Kittle, not his fault, and Pitts. Uh, so I'm just saying you can't do anything about it now. I'm just saying next year, for your future reference, wait on tight end if you're not getting one of the top two. The, the three has been a weird situation over many, many years where the three is sometimes good, and I think that person is Kittle, and I think that changes here soon, but the gap between two and three is usually ridiculous. And I feel bad if you drafted a tight end of the fourth round. So you disagree with the fact that there is such a positional advantage to having a stud tight end on your team. You no, disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I disagree with the fact of spending a fourth or fifth round pick on a tight end. That's tight end three or four or five. Waller's done. Okay. Sure. But the tight ends that are, you got three, you got, you got yourself Kyle Pitts, which was the tight end three this year. You have tight end 15 right now on the board after three weeks. And instead, what you could have had, have no, no, no. what you could have had was a wide receiver or running back. DJ Moore. I hope you wouldn't draft DJ Moore right there. But yeah, you could have had a better player is all I'm saying. Okay. Well, we don't need to, I, I, we can discuss the Kyle Pitts thing again. But in all reality, if you're in a dynasty league right now, you need to be making offers for Kyle Pitts because when he actually gets a quarterback and they actually use an offensive system that is conducive to the players on the field and not just chuck into Drake London for the whole entire game, Kyle Pitts will eventually flourish in this offense, but we're not there yet. Like they're not even targeting Cordell Patterson, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense since that's how his bread was buttered last year. It doesn't make any sense that they're not doing it now, but Arthur Smith and his ingenious, we don't care about fantasy style of, I don't care about the offense this is what we're left with. And Kyle Pitts is just not going to be used. It appears this year as well. And as soon as they get in an actual offensive coordinator, Kyle Pitts will be fine. It does not look like it's going to be this year, which sucks because his athletic ability is not being used at all. 20 point gap, 20 point gap from two. To three. Yeah, but he shouldn't be. And he is. And I agree, I think that, but I'm that, telling you that this is, this is why you don't draft that tight end three. Honestly, at, the, Tight end two. Owner of the Falcons needs to take that stat right there straight to Arthur Smith and be like, "This should not be a thing." Yeah, <laughs> our best fantasy. player, our best player on the field, should be the tight end. Why can we not have Andrews? Why can we not have Kelsey? Why can we not have Waller? Like, why can't we have that? We have the player. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mariota is worried about two things: running and throwing it to Drake London, and then nothing else. And then I guess hey, my Drake the London off. shares are balling right now. So I'm no, not my rookie of the it. year shares are balling too. So, Hey, 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 <laughs> all right, let's get on to the next, right though. In the interest of moving things along and I'll take my victory lap next. And that is Mr. Amunra St. Brown. Um, I told everybody in the off season, don't fade the sun. God, you are foolish. If you do this, because although they're gaining Jameson Williams, who I, we all said on this podcast, he's going to be out the first, at least six weeks, probably. So, you knew for a fact he was going to be out there. And then they added DJ Chark, which people are like, I remember specifically this dude in our mentions said, he's a pro bowler. He's better than Amon Ra. Like I was like, <laughs> bro, chill, buddy. It's not like that. Uh, Amon Ra, number four in fantasy this year, as far as wide receivers go. And he is just a stud. Just because he balled out at the end of the season when he was the only person available for those targets, did not mean that he was a bad player or that he was only, you know, that, that was just who he was because he was getting fed that much. It's because he was good. And the, and the offensive coordinator clearly took notice of that. They're clearly you're going to use him going forward. And honestly, 
you were you were just silly if you were selling him low or selling you know selling him high or whatever. It was just a silly move, and you should feel bad about doing it. Yeah, a lot of people talked about how <clears throat> adding all these guys, he'd be irrelevant. He was a rookie last year. Of course, he's going to take a little bit of time to integrate into the offense. Not everyone is Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. So, you know, when Mon Ra finally showed what he can do, he is the number one receiver on that team. Now, when Jamison Williams gets there, I think it's really going to set that whole offense off. So they're already the second highest point scoring team in the league. Add another weapon to that, and who knows what stratosphere this offense will be at. I think the biggest thing for me of this is, I think I think we all agreed with you. None of us were like, ah, Madara sucks. Uh, I think the biggest thing was the people who thought DJ Chark was just going to come in and just be this absolute madman, and it was more like, okay, Monra did it last year, already has chemistry with Goff, and is obviously more talented than DJ Chark, who's had one good season his second year. I don't understand. It's great depth for Detroit. I'm glad they got him. I think they paid him a little bit too much, but I think the the trio between those three with Hawkinson and Swift and Jamal Williams, that's an offense, man. And yeah. unlike Pittsburgh so far, they know how to use them. So, yeah. And you no, can't tell me that Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond and <clears throat> DJ Chark are not all the same player. <laughs> uh, they're pretty really interchangeable. Can't. Honestly, yeah, really can't. And yeah. the, the thing is, is we, I mean, this off season, we were all pounding the lion's drum saying this offense it doesn't make sense on paper how they're not going to be electric this year just based on the – and when Jameson Williams got back, we were like, it's only going to take that much further in stratosphere. So just to see what they've been able to do thus far is just amazing. And, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown, welcome to the big leagues. Yeah, if you guys haven't been watching the Lions, you guys are missing out. That team is awesome. It's fun fun games. They don't always go the Lions' way, but they're at least fun to watch. They don't go the Lions' way because they – kick a field goal from the 42 yard line and then miss it on a fourth and one. All right. Sorry. It's <laughs> my Detroit, my Detroit side coming out. Getting a little angry. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take my victory lap. It's DJ Moore. The craziest stat of the year. LaVisca Chenault has more yards. 90 <laughs> on two catches in one game. than DJ Moore has all year, 88 yards on seven receptions in three games. I knew it would be bad. I did not know it would be this bad. He's averaging less than a yard per out run. He's still playing 97% of the snaps, and he still leads the team in targets, so there is hope. But damn it if I didn't tell you not to draft him. Yeah. You're All damn right. right. I was on your side. Billy was against it. Billy thought Baker was gonna keep pounding. It, okay, it wasn't. It was uh, first of all, yes, of course, we're gonna keep pounding. Hashtag keep pounding. But the thing is, the receiving core. I did not know that there were people on the roster named like Giovanni Ricci or whoever that is. I think that's an actor, but somehow he's on the field. He's Shy Sm- Shy Smith, who I thought was on the practice squad. Baker dug him up and threw him out there uh tommy trimble which we were still hoping for the best ian thomas dj moore rodney like there are just so many people on this team that i just i thought maybe baker was gonna try to just lean in on his best target but this this man can find a water boy and he will throw him a pass for 20 yards on on the sideline that'll be the only thing he does the whole game yeah but dj moore's that water boy now unfortunately yeah, he's I mean, so talented. He's so talented. He should be getting just absolutely fed, but he is not. So, I am super excited about them using Chenault. I think I said on the podcast last week that I was like, "Why is Chenault not being used?" And they used them, and it worked. It's almost like 
they traded like or they got him for a reason. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, on to the the more somber notes, the wrongs. Um, so before this season started, um, I truly believed in guys like you know Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook being more Amazing. valuable than Diggs and Cup, who I both thought were due for some regression here. Uh, and I could not have been more wrong. Uh, Cup and Diggs both have uh, they just they just have their quarterback's number. They text them in the morning. They get breakfast with each other. Um, and so far, the leading two running backs, if ranked as wide receivers right now, uh, that would be Nick Chubb and um, our boy Saquon Barkley. Uh, they'd be wide receivers five and six. And running backs four through six were ranked even lower than that at wide receivers ten through fifteen. Um, so wide receiver is clearly more valuable. Uh, this is duly most to mostly to bad play by their teams. Najee cook and Mixon should be fine in the long run. Although they are all high, harboring injuries going into this next week and through the next few weeks, probably. But the state of this running back decline is just mostly due to running back committees. Guys like Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams have all been pulled in the red zones for the like of their mostly less talented backups. Um, which to me makes no sense really other than Swift who has been injured since the beginning of the year. And I think that they're truly just nursing that injury and trying to be safe, which obviously shows what happened with him. And that's why he's going to be out the next couple of weeks. Uh, but with this, the few true running back ones have diminished at the moment for the likes of James Robinson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire who rank at three and four of running backs. So due to their past game usage and touchdowns and whatnot, uh, but I just wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year to those who took those wide receivers over running backs in the first round are just going to win more leagues. And hopefully you've got yourself cup digs over Najee Mixon right now, because it looks rough. Josh, you bring up a really good point here on this one. And <clears throat> James Robinson being number three on that one in CEH being four or vice versa. When you send trades to people, that's what they look at. They open it up and they are like, Oh shit wide receiver running back three and they'll accept the trade sell high on those guys we're gonna have our studs back but yes it has been absolutely horrible same with uh curtis samuel uh someone said yes. he got wide somebody i was in a i was in a group chat in the league and they were like he got wide receiver number three on the year and i was like mm. like you guys realize it's been two weeks right like uh yeah yeah i uh i said this off season that i was going to be heavy into the zero rb strategy because i just lost all faith in running backs and i mean honestly this doesn't shock me at all that this is where where we're at now because it's just felt like it was gonna be frustrating and it has been so far yeah i drafted Najee mixon at 10 somehow i'm two and one in this league but that's mainly due to uh not them i was about to say i have have digs chase aren't doing anything yeah so it's yeah even like not yeah even like Najee, even mixing mixing Najee cook i mean it's bad I mean, Jonathan Taylor has had a couple of bad games. He had one good game, two bad games. I mean, it's just even like the top guys right now, it's just you're getting way more value from Diggs and and Chase even, who's not even <clears throat> doing that much right now. So it's just the wide receivers market. Tyree Kill was a second-round pick, late second-round pick. So, Yeah, I just the thing is, is like if you do zero RB, you have to be able to hit on those back-end guys like James Robinson, for example. And if you ended up with people like me who ended up with like Zeke in a lot of leagues, eh, he's fine. Not, it's not great, but it's not exactly. bad. It's, yeah, I mean, but you needed him to hit harder. He, and he will fair. hit harder. But no sure. running backs are hitting. That's the thing. Like, I mean, except for Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. Only two. I'm having Kamara backs. right now, man. Yeah. Well, mm. 
Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let me get on to my wrong, and that was Chris Olave. Um, I thought he was going to be a potential draft bust, and he's not. I, I I can safely say that after last week's game where he we were missing Landry, missing Michael Thomas, he went nine for 147. I mean, he still hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He has gotten a two-point conversion, um, but he got eight like 80 yards in the last game on 13 targets. Like, clearly, Jameis feels like he can trust him to throw, and to throw him, him the ball. Um, I just really did not see him being this receiver. I just didn't. I mean, I thought Garrett Wilson was better and I thought Chris Olave would just kind of was benefiting from being in the Ohio state offense. That was not the case. Garrett Wilson is a stud. That's not, that's not a problem. He is a stud, but like, I did not expect this from Chris Olave and to see him doing this is just, I don't know, kind of shocking. So I definitely was wrong about that one. I actually have to say Chris Olave is just wild. The most wild part of that to me is the fact that he is doing it with two other guys on the team who are supposed to be better than him at this point. I mean, this, this early in the season to Olave to have two good games like this already, it's looking good for his future and career. Yeah. I mean, the craziest thing was, was it week two? He had like 300 air yards or some crazy Mm -hmm. nonsense like that. I mean, they're just feeding him the rock, and Josh, you're absolutely right. With Michael Thomas and Landry there, it does not make sense, and freaking Kamara. But um, I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's really good. He's really good, and I I was on record saying, you know, the man refuses to uh, run into contact. He would, you know, catch the ball and fall down or run out of bounds or stuff. But he's he's shown me a lot, and I was wrong on him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what else I was wrong about? What's that? Travis Etienne. <laughs> you Whoa. guys remember this. You're admitting it, which is Yeah. I, I'm not ready to get off the train yet, but I'm willing to admit I was a little bit wrong about this. Um on the season, I mean James Robinson's playing more snaps, quite a bit more at this point. Um, they tried to get ET Etienne more involved, uh, but I did not anticipate James Robinson having this type of uh workload or coming back so quickly. I love James Robinson. You can ask Josh and Billy. I've been on the James Robinson train for a long time, but the Achilles injury scared the crap out of me, and I was completely off of him. And Etienne, <laughs> I mean, if you watch his tape and you watch him run, he looks awesome. So I was all in on Etienne. I was telling people to take him early in the second round, which I hope you know you guys didn't. I did. I followed my words. I drafted him way too early in too many leagues, and uh, just praying for the best at this point. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, Joe. Here's why I think that things can turn around for you. The Jaguars look really good, and their offense is just conducive to people being good. It, For the time being, it just appears like they're going to try to prove that Christian Kirk was not a bad contract as much as possible, which is fair. I would be doing the same thing. Um, and James Robinson's actually just been playing out of his mind. We've never seen a player come back from his type of injury and play this well. It, he literally is going to be the case for years to come when somebody's coming back from his injury. Like the, he is setting an all-time moment. Like we're what we're witnessing it, which is wild. So it wasn't bad. Like the, the process wasn't bad. It's just the results have been not Miserable. what you wanted. Yes. So. Joe, as much as I love the victory lap because I was on the James Robinson train, I'm actually not going to do that because I think what this is, is this is very similar to Green Bay. It's going to be a 1A, 1B type of guy. Like it's going to be Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Etienne hasn't gotten it going yet, but it's not long until he breaks something out or he gets a little bit more work or he's James Robinson fumbles. So he gets an extra play and he runs <laughs> for 12 yards and then all of a sudden it's his game. 
So I'm not saying sit James Robinson. Do not do that. Play him. Like he is running back three for a reason right now. He's playing great. Uh, and also they're playing a team that is in, in all, all things considered, not good at stopping the run. So please start him this week. That's, that's Absolutely. the Eagles. Absolutely. All right. Getting into the reallys, and this is really going to ruffle some feathers here, but my really is to all those people saying Miami's the real deal. Um, so there's two undefeated teams right now, and that is the Eagles and the Dolphins. Personally, I barely believe that the Eagles are the real deal. Uh, the fact that the Eagles are 3-0 makes sense to me right now, though. They had, for one, a very easy schedule and kind of continue to, and then two, have a clearly played better than the other teams. Yes, the Dolphins played better than the Patriots. That's not a question. They're terrible. But the comeback against the Ravens was all fluky. They absolutely should have lost that game. The Ravens played complete terrible defense in the fourth quarter and all but just handed the game to them. So, But in Buffalo last week, I don't know how anyone thinks that that was Miami being good. Uh, that was Josh Allen being bad. He just dropped the snap three times. I don't know if they have a new center or something that's going on, but Josh Allen just could not hold on to the ball for life of him and just dropped it three times, which led to basically sacks on two of them and the ball in the hands of the other one. So Hill and Waddle can only carry Tua so far personally. And other than dump offs and quick slants, Tua has been wildly inaccurate and still can't throw the deep ball. So personally, I'm not buying it. And over the f- next five weeks, they play the Bengals, Jets, Vikings, Steelers, and Lions. And I'm stating right now, and I'll fireball bet on this, I have no problem or whatever other beverage we'd like to, that they lose three of those games. No, oh, sign me and, up. And right show now. their true colors. Sign me up. I, I'll, I'll write this one down for you all. I do think Miami loses the next one, but I don't think they lose three. Crazy. I understand that, but the Jets, they'll go ahead and count that the dub. The Vikings can't be bad forever. The Steelers are pretty bad, and the Lions are surging. So Bengals, Vikings, Lions, in my opinion. But as much Steelers as I am pro Jalen Hurts, man, I'm I'm very pro Tua as well. So. He has not shown anything. He, did you see how he he literally has a concussion right now? That man can barely think right now. Much less yeah, play and football. that was that was rough to watch, and he should not have been playing. But should not have been playing. Should not have been playing. He's got the fastest team on the field against anyone he plays against. It's just undoubted at this point at that offense with even lackadaisical and lacking arm talent. How he can't miss. Yeah. I, I mean, think my biggest guys are is, open all the time everywhere. I understand that. But the thing is he can't make the throws and all it takes is one good read by the secondary to go. Oh, if they just turned around for a second, instead of trying to chase cheetah down, they could take 17 less steps and get an interception. And number two, there's no run game. They have no run game. So the thing is, once you get one interception against Tua, they're going to stack up quick, and you're going to have three interceptions against Tua because he's going to lose the confidence. They have no run game to back it up. They're going to have to throw the whole time. Yes, Tyree Kill and Waddle are phenomenal. I have never doubted that. Tua's not. The defenses that they have played have made sure that they don't have a run game up to this point. Mostert is just getting his engine warmed up right now. We're about to see him break loose against these shitty defenses that he's about to be playing against. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, I I think Miami's good. I don't think they Tua is the reason that they're good. So that's just my, I think this is a Mike McDaniel and this is a Tyree kill. And then if, yeah, that's it. It's 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 those two guys holding this whole team up. However, we'll move on. So my really is the Los Angeles Chargers, and this really is directed towards the football gods. 
what are you doing against them, man? What is this? Like, we have to sit through all of these guys getting injured and the Chargers Caesar getting pretty much derailed at this point. So just to, like, count up the injuries so far, um, Justin Herbert's ribs are – I. I don't know how he's still playing football. He clearly did not look like he was playing football against the Jaguars out there. He's not all the way there, not all the way healthy. And he's clearly, you know, that's clearly going to affect him for a couple weeks now. Um, We've got Keenan Allen, who's missed a couple weeks now, who's we don't know exactly when he's going to be back. Uh, They just lost Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle for the season. He was one of their bright spots on their offensive line. So it's only going to hurt the run game more. Uh, they lost Joey Bosa for multiple weeks with a uh, groin injury. Um, they've missed J.C. Jackson to start the season. Uh, Jalen Guyton's tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Um, it's just it, this is turning into a disaster for the Chargers. And I, I just I hate this because we went through their roster at the beginning of the season and we were like, how could this go wrong? The only thing that could go wrong is injuries and the football guys decided to test this theory and I hate this for them because we're getting robbed of good football in that AFC West because the chargers are just not going to be able to compete if they lose more players against the chiefs, not going to be possible. Yeah, it's, it's sad, honestly, like offensively, obviously missing Keenan Allen's a big part losing Guyton. He pretty much had no role in the beginning anyway. Uh, he obviously nobody wants to see an injury, but I don't think that affected their offense. But it's depth. Like, they're just they're shredding depth. The thing that doesn't, and obviously the defensive injuries hurt to me, but the fact that their offense doesn't flow through Eckler right now especially makes no sense to me. I don't care how. Get that man the ball 20 times. Maybe even get Isaiah Spiller in there. Didn't they spend a high draft pick on him? But instead yeah, we're going to see Sony Michelle. Let's see Sony Michelle, which, okay, sure, he's fine. But why the fuck is Josh Kelly in there still? I thought we proved that we drafted Isaiah Spiller for a reason at this point like isaiah spiller and or not isaiah spiller josh kelly and justin jackson sure he did a fine job but he wasn't he wasn't a starting capability like why are we giving these guys the goal line work why is eckler pulled outside the 20s or inside the 20s just makes me angry the defense on paper should absolutely just be dominant and that's what's killing me about this team it's just watching them every week it's like how are you guys not just destroying the other team it's not good. And I just, I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better for them. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. The Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack combo was working really well in week one. And since then has done nothing because you can guard one guy, but it's hard to guard two guys on both edges. Sad times. Dude, I'm just, my really is just this season in general. I am absolutely <laughs> shocked by this season in general. I'm going to open this up for discussion here in a second. I mean, but we got, the Dolphins undefeated. The Raiders are 0-3. The Jags are leading the AFC South. My Bears are sitting at 2-1. and I mean, you got Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley and James Robinson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire leading the running backs. It makes no effing sense to me at this point in the season. And there's a lot of overreactions going on, and I get that. But nothing that we predicted – coming into this season i mean we were right on players and stuff but as far as how these games are unfolding there's no way you could have told me this if we would have taken joe back in july and been like hey here's the standing for week three i'm from the future i would have laughed my ass off and walked away yeah that's fair 
Honestly, I I almost victory lapped Derek Carr, but I was like, man, that's just that's just aggressive to Raiders fans everywhere. I just I don't I don't understand like why everyone thought Devontae Adams being there would completely change the landscape of this team. They don't have a defense. I'm sorry, I don't I, I can't name but one player on their defense that I would actually want on a fantasy roster and or just a roster in general. Uh, and then you just added Devonte Adams. That's all you did. Like the offensive line's not better. The running back game isn't better. I mean, yeah, you drafted Zemir White, but you're not using him. Uh, basically, Devonte Adams just took Renfro's role and is doing it better, sort of, because he didn't play last week for some reason. And Matt Collins did. So yeah, the passing game looks good on paper, but in reality, you're not winning games. You're not playing a good game, and you're losing. So, well, that's fair. Um, as far as the football season in general. I just, it's weird that we don't have any elite teams. It's just very strange. We usually have like four or five good teams. Well, I'm saying, but we have like the Eagles are good and the Bills are good. <sighs> the Dolphins I'm on the fence about, but like there's no elite, like th- that team is definitely for sure head of the Super Bowl teams. Every team is like got a flaw that is something that could bite them in the ass. Like it's going to be hard to believe that there's going to be a team that wins three straight playoff games and wins the Super Bowl. It's, it's going to be amazing that it happens because in this season alone, it's just, I feel like every week we're going to have one head scratching result. And maybe this is just how it is every year, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like, you know, like last year, like the Packers were really good with Rogers and Devante or like the Bucks, really good, really good defense, a lot of good weapons for Brady. Brady's starting to look old, by the way, but we don't even talk about that because I don't want to doubt the goat. Um, but there, there's just always usually a team or two where you're just like, okay, that team is a for sure win every week. The Chiefs just went into Indy and got their ass kicked. I know that they kind of beat themselves in that game, but they couldn't win. And it was like it was just a nightmare. The Buffalo Bills, they looked discombobulated against Miami. They ran 90 effing offensive plays and couldn't outscore them. Like I, it's just mind-boggling what's going on this season. Weird. Uh, the weird Rams football. are struggling way more than I thought they would. I yes. thought the Rams would absolutely roll. I mean, I get the Super Bowl hangover, they're coming off the win and everything, but the way that team's built, I expected them to roll everybody. Bengals too. getting their ass handed oh, to them it's weekly. So the old line got worse. Literally all of the elite playoff teams, whether the one or two seeds last year or the people who made it far all look terrible right now. Yeah. Last year was kind of a fluke in the playoffs anyway. I mean, none of the teams that we thought the bills got beat, the chiefs got beat. None of the teams that we had pegged as being the ultimate crowning thing won. So I guess it makes sense now that these teams are struggling, but, uh, Still, I, I'm at a loss for words. I have to say that I, I got a, I got a, and it's the goat, so I can't say anything bad against him. He has no receivers right now. Like he, he looks bad because he's lost all three of his receivers. I mean, he's working with B list guys. Yeah, it's Russell Gage who had a good year last year, but he's never done anything beyond that. So I have he to give Brady a, a little bit of trouble. Last year. Oh my God! Will he someone had a, explain Russell he Gage a, to me while we're I, here? I, no. Russell, we don't have time to explain happen. Russell Gage no, right now. We're, we're too far. I, I'll ahead. never understand the Russell Gage thing. But by the way, guys, l- let me just would it shock you all if the Jacksonville Jaguars made the Super Bowl? No. Would that shock you? Well, the they've Super got Bowl? a they've got a pretty decent defense. Yeah. You got a decent quarterback. They have a receiver in Kirk that appears to at least be made. Like you can at least use him. Running game looks good. 
wouldn't shock me if they made the Super Bowl. That's just how weird this year is. No, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Doug Peterson bringing the Jaguars to the Super Bowl would be just a beautiful thing. And honestly, the way they look right now, uh, and we'll get into that in the game previews later, but they look good. No, it, it's crazy what an adult in the room can do for a franchise. That not is gonna, true. Not gonna say the non-adult's name, but. I was he, waiting. I actually had it queued up because I thought it was he, coming. He put a woozy or doozy on that team. Okay. Woozy doozy. A woozy doozy. All right. Let's get on to the final segment of the podcast, and that is our audio segment. Guys, there is a conspiracy theory that we're going to play real quick, and it's from Aaron Rodgers. saw the fact that they took the five-yard penalty. Well, they showed it on the previous play, too. It was a delay on both plays. But, uh... Sometimes you see things in the game. Sometimes the Jumbotron shows things they probably shouldn't show, even at home. Uh, I saw something and just passed on the information. Did Aaron Rodgers see Tom Brady's two-point play and point it out to the defensive coordinator? Hmm. They were all over it. Because they got a, the, the, the situation was they got to delay a game. So that kind of, you know... They delayed him or put him back five yards, but Aaron Rodgers claims that he went and said something to the defensive coordinator after he saw what the play was on the jumbotron from uh, the sideline. So the conspiracy is, did he, he did not say he went on the Pat McAfee show and said that he did not like, he's not going to disclose what he said. If it did, if it didn't help, he doesn't know if it got there in time guys, it kind of looked like it may have been that though. What do you guys think? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this for a second because I I know we're, we're we're over on time at this point. But why does he look like the guy with the little hand from a Scary Movie? Because like he <laughs> just looks <laughs> weird, man. He I was looks say, man, he looks weird. like a crackhead. His though, hair the, was like coming out graying of the beard. It's, it's not not it, the graying. He looks like a crackhead. Well, I mean, we've. I don't know if it's his new girlfriend or what, but Rogers could he, be his drug. Better. His his drug. Uh, yeah, he's Use. doing hallucinogens on the sideline. But yeah, I'm sorry. I had to get that out of my my head. But maybe the ayahuasca um, allowed him to see what was going on. Open it wasn't third even eye. <laughs> I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers is always doing crazy shit, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um but yeah, they sniffed that play out real quick. I mean, there was just, you know. It, no I time. was almost I was, spooky hearing him say that, to be honest. Honestly, I always wondered, like, cause like they, they call these plays and stuff. And then they say like, Roger, 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 which means to the right. And like, you know what I mean? Like people are pretty smart, especially Aaron Rodgers, who's played football for that long. You go, Oh dude, they're totally going to throw a little screen pass. Like, I, I mean, there are so many plays that aren't creative. Like it's just little things that like Tony Romo explained it on the jumbotron for us and be like, Hey, this is what that means. And it's like, and this is why it means that. And I was like, that seems like everyone would know that then, you know what right. I mean? Like, why can Tony Romo be like, this is the play they're about to call and other teams not realize that. So that's why Bill Belichick keeps winning football games. And that's why Aaron Rodgers can figure out what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Well, he also well, saw it. So. We may never know the answer to that because I don't think he will ever tell us. And the coach already said that you'll have to ask Aaron about it. So we'll never know if that is fully what happened, but conspiracy theories were out there and him saying that only fueled the fire to that. But it's wild. This is the end of part one of the podcast. Go listen to the second part, which is the game previews. Um, follow Joe at OP Joe two E's. Follow Josh at Josh S T R. 
yeah, Josh Hall STL. Wow, choked on my words there. Uh, follow me at <laughs> Ombre Vendor and follow the entire podcast at Offensive Points. Uh, DM us, say something to us on Twitter. We love hearing from the people. We would love to hear if you have ideas for segments, start sick questions, you need us to rule over something in your fantasy league. We will do any of that on the podcast if you send us those messages. Joe, get us out of here. Guys, remember, Jalen Hurts is good, and so are you. Good night. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.